Hey, Bob and Joyce listeners, Bob Stapleton here. How does a food growth from Maine launch a college recruiting program that attracted graduates from prestigious colleges and universities on the East Coast? In today's episode, we explore one company's innovative, counterintuitive approach to hiring high-potential college graduates into an accelerated learning program. Hannaford called this program the Retail Management Trainee, and you will learn today how this program produced a generation of CEOs and top senior executives for Delay's Ahold, promoted diversity objectives in a way that this company was an example to the rest of the industry, and surprisingly has evolved and still stays a strong program today that has flourished for over 40 years. Welcome, grab a snack, come on in and grab a nugget or two. Hey, hey Joyce. <laughs> Stay at the same time. I know. This meeting is being recorded for all posterity, so you better get some words of wisdom ready. Uh, I'm feeling anyway. some pressure today. You should. Um, here's what I was thinking. First of all, I was thinking how we, I want us to remember, and I want our listeners to know, that we started this because we wanted to boost, support, um, give new ideas, let people come to when they're sick of what's going on in their company and can't bear it and want to make some changes. Um, and that's the kind of support that we want to give. The other for me was I know that some of the most progressive work we did led to people carrying the skills out into the world of using OD and solid HR principles, which create a solid democracy. So two really big goals that I just want to start the day by reminding why we do this. One, we hope this supports those of you who want to have a higher, bolder impact. And two, the skills that we use in our practices at the best do build skills for a small D democracy. And thus endeth the sermon. Yeah, you know, we're. I think this is going to be our 30th episode. And... Yeah. Yeah, if you can believe that. And uh, if I look back at the topics that we've had, what I think is uh, hopefully rich for our listeners is it's not like you have to listen to every podcast in order uh, or listen to the one that's the most recent. I think it's kind of coming in where you are. So looking at those topics and that that uh, appeal to you or make you curious, or that you want to learn from. So I think we're actually doing in in practice what you just described, I hope. <laughs> well, there you go. Sometimes you want <laughs> Anyhow, the other thought that I had was um, to more frequently get very specific about things that worked well in our experience. And because it was so deeply embedded in the companies where we worked or in the our first company, uh, and that had such high impact, but I got used to thinking of it as, oh, everybody does this. And that was the retail management trainee program that fed the talent bench that led to many of the top uh, executive positions. And that uh, in talking to um, one of our CEOs uh, recently, he talked about how we got women in top management positions sooner than others because of this RMT program. And so 
I would love, because you were an RMT, uh, for you to describe it, and I'll interrupt. (laughs) First of all, you're right. I mean, it was such an institution in our company. It almost seemed to be the same as hiring right or other practices when, in fact, it was kind of unique and remains unique. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. So what the RMT program, so retail management trainee, uh, is was based on the premise uh, that we, over time in Hannaford, needed to attract uh, high caliber college graduates to immerse them in the possibility of what a career in the grocery industry would look like. Um, and then uh, to give them the upfront experience that immerses them in the operations and literally how to run a store. But I think the overarching goal over time is to accelerate their uh, progress through different positions in the company um, in a way that uh, it really ramps up their readiness to ultimately become uh, a director level uh, or a VP level. And when we went to college campuses, um, we, we essentially sold the fact that this is what your experience is going to be early on, meaning you're going to be trimming lettuce and running register and, you know, throwing freight. Um, and then within a year's time, you're going to be running a store. But make no mistake, this program is about feeding and fueling the growth of the company uh, through attracting and developing top talent. Um, okay. So, so I'll stop there. I mean, it almost seems like, well, yeah, that's obvious, but uh, what do you think made our program unique? Well, first of all, I want to really spell out what the program was. Okay. No, fine. Um, yeah, in detail, because it was so uh, so embedded that it was almost like um, people for Thanksgiving, you know what you're going to do. It, the organization just fell into it. So... One, you went um, out to college campuses. Yep. And anybody else, other people could apply, but you were really looking for officer-level possibility. And, and not just any colleges. I mean, we went to, in Maine, we went to Colby. We went to Bowdoin. Uh, down in the Boston area, we went to BC. New York. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, in New York, we went... Uh, to SUNY and uh, Cornell. Yeah. Uh, you know, oddly enough, uh, in Philadelphia, St. Joseph's had a food marketing program. So <laughs> they kind of carved out uh, uh, a possibility. So I think what you're saying is exactly right. But I think there were two key parts of what I think ultimately attracted people. And the first was where we went to find people. Um, so, you, you know, and, and we were the only supermarket company. Uh, at the time that was doing this uh-huh. uh, and, and literally laying out the expectation is that you're going to be a future leader in this company. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, this the second, so I'll, I'll let you kind of lead, but I'll, I, I think the sev- second distinction that when you come in to interview that really uh, solidifies that this is not just a typical training program is we would bring back all the candidates at the same time. Mm -hmm. So we would have as many as 12 uh, candidates, 15 candidates. And each of us knew 
uh, at least at the time, we were, they weren't going to hire 15. Um, now, we, they would say, if we find 15 great people, we'll, ha- we'll make offers to 15 people. But you're, you're in there uh, with your peers from different universities and colleges, mm-hmm. and you're getting an immersion uh, by virtue of interviewing with the CEO, the president, uh, with their, their direct reports. Um, and if that wasn't enough, each one of those candidates went through um, a psychological assessment that wasn't paper and pen or on a computer. You sat down uh, with a uh, psychiatrist for, I believe at the time it was up to three hours. Um, really. And uh, I'm thinking of who it was and what I had to go through. Yeah. (laughs) So I I say that all to say, um, I think that it's one thing to say, this is what our program aspires to do. And then what I think made us unique at the time, and probably still is one where we went, meaning the, the, you know, prestigious colleges and universities, and then put on uh, a really impressive screening process. I mean, Which we lasted two days, I think, at least. Oh, I think it was three days. And the second day we did simulations. Right. So that was another unique thing that you, we put them all in a group and gave them a task. It was like a team building thing, but and, yeah. and people observed them of how they worked together and what they brought to the table. Yeah. And it, yeah, and I think they probably hated it, and it was very, very helpful. Yeah, I mean, it was really frustrating. So if you think about this, uh, folks, we would break up the team, uh, sometimes the two, given the size, and, and they would be in groups of like seven to eight, and they were given a task to build something with very individual parts with certain rules. So there was the combination of wanting to stand out and be kind of the leader of the group, but not to do it overly because you want to be a good team player. So it it was uh, intense. And the added element is you were being observed like in a Petri dish because mm-hmm. the uh, officers of the company, including the president, would be there observing the process. And, the, and here's a byproduct, I think, of why we had such depth of talent that after acquisition could be spread all over a global company um, is that was intense, but it was also fun and funny. Oh gosh. Yes. So officers laughed. The people laughed. There was great um, crack. I want to say, but goodwill and energy in the room. It wasn't like a solemn, quiet, let's watch and observe. It was more fun. Well, you know, and if you think about the genius of what you just described, so I guarantee you that uh, in the early years of the RMT program, because mind you, there there wasn't proof that ultimately that someone would be an officer back in the 70s and early 80s, right. uh, you know, so a lot of uh, the candidates came in saying, God, this sounds like a very unique experience. I get to meet with a psychologist for three hours. Uh, I get flown to Portland, Maine. There's nothing bad about that. And uh, ultimately, um, what would happen is, despite all those positives, they'd say, do I really want to work in a grocery store? Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to the, I'm going to go back to my parents and tell them that I, they spent all this money to send me to Dartmouth. 
and I'm going to be an assistant manager in Seabrook, New Hampshire next year. So people came in with a little bit of cynicism, like, are they really measuring up? And, and the experience that you described over those two or three days that we met uh, with the leadership, people, very few, but some said, this is not for me. Right. So I, I, I'm out. But most of us who came in with a little bit of cynicism or skepticism, we left saying, I want to come work for this company. Mm-hmm. And, and the group itself of the RMTs that were applying bonded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, it was, and we're hoping, oh, my gosh, I hope you get hired because I'm going to say yes if they say yes. Um, and they went out to the stores, right? Yeah. Typically, uh, you would spend the first eight months to a year. No, I mean, for before hiring. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Part of it was, and once again, it, if, if I look at the two or three day selection process, uh, one of those uh, activities was visiting a store. So you could think that it's, well, we're just going to go into a grocery store and look around. We were very intentional of being able to observe people's interaction, their level of interest, mm-hmm. uh, their curiosity. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it was uh, it was a big deal. It was a big deal for the store because <laughs> all the the top brass was coming in. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a, a, a really n- unique experience. Yeah, and I think one of the unique parts was the high, heavy level of participation of our top executives. Yeah, um, I'll tell you a funny story, and this is not going to sound. Uh, uh, in sync with everything else we've been saying. And I won't say who the person was, but we were driving in these little 12 passenger vans, uh, eight passenger vans. And, and the driver had neglected to get gas. Uh, so we're coming off 295 in the pouring rain up in uh, Portland, Maine. And as we're coming off the ramp, the car stalls. Uh, and then the person looks down and says, oh, my God, we're out of gas. So, <laughs> And they're going, oh, this goes beyond team building. Come on. <laughs> is, is there a test here? Who's going to get out and change the yeah. tire? No, but uh, um, any rate. Uh, well, I want to mention one thing that you highlighted is that we asked for feedback, regardless of whether they said, yes, I'm in or not, about what you saw, what what. What's the flavor of this company? What did you notice at retail? What Give us feedback about what worked and what didn't, not just on your interview experience, but on the company. And it was great to see who had caught a feeling of culture or outstanding factors such as every darn grape counts. Yes. Um, So that was another part. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, after um, the process and the candidates leave uh, on the afternoon of the last day, we would literally, and you talk about uh, a very open and democratic conversation, we would bring in all of the people that were a part of the process. So not only the interviewers, uh, the officers of the company and CEO, we would actually bring in HR staff, many of whom recruited these people on campus. And we would do um, we would have a conversation uh, in, that ultimately led in deciding who we wanted as well as who we didn't. Yeah, and it was um, it was very elaborate in that there were you know charts put up about good, what are the characteristics we want. Are they there? It got to be very um, I don't want it wasn't bureaucratic. It was very specific. 
Yeah, I mean, not to to uh, uh, say that it was like Shark Tank, but ultimately we had everyone's name up there, and then we had certain dimensions, attributes that we were looking for, and person by person, yeah. uh, they had a share of their ranking, and, and there would be quite a battle. Well, what I was gonna, what I found interesting is how Democrat. Uh, it, the process was, meaning we could have an officer said, you know, I, I didn't like Bob Stapleton. He just doesn't seem to have the candle power to do this. Yeah. And while their, you know, uh, opinion was respected, it ultimately didn't carry the day, meaning there yeah. were there was a lot of active engagement. Well, no, I, I don't know if I saw that. I have this example when Bob did this. So it, it was a pretty dynamic, uh, as much as three hour process which yeah. think about some of the people in that decision-making room, they don't like meetings over a half hour, much less right. three hours. Right. And talent mattered. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, and it does today, but I, I do think Hannaford put their actions to behind it, especially out to feed the top leaders. Later, I <clears throat> pushed pretty hard to get, to allow internal candidates to apply for the RMT that so that it was more democratic. It wasn't yeah. like only people from elite colleges or uh, can come. And a couple did very well, but regardless, they may not have had the skills. I wanted it to be open. Well, you know, I, I didn't know for a long time at Hanford and you're really strong and you've really done this. Come up, go ahead and apply. Yeah, I th what's interesting, I didn't know that was uh, your uh, uh, counsel that ultimately led to that. Um, but I think the if if we were to uh, be really honest, the biggest criticism of the RMT program mm -hmm. was that it was elitist. Yeah. These people had the same job in a store and got paid more. Yeah. Uh, they had more latitude. So there was a lot of organizational pushback. Uh, oh, I guess I'm not an RMT. I guess I can't get that role, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and and in reality, the program was so strong that I think ultimately a lot of those complaints or criticisms were justified. Meaning, what if we gave our own people the same opportunity to have that experience, yeah. that immersion? And you're right. We had many people that applied internally over the years that ultimately did well and met the uh, outcome of the, the program. Yeah, and we can talk more about <laughs> opening up uh, how to, you know, opportunity to the whole company. Anyway, so you pick six or seven people. Then what? Uh, Are we okay on time? Yeah, we're we're good. We've got about six, seven more minutes. Uh, okay. So I'll I'll be quick when I say. First, you knew they made offers like once they decided. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that afternoon, before a person even landed back at their college, we were putting out offers. Mm -hmm. So the immediacy of, of feedback and mm -hmm. getting back, and once again, it was such a well-done process. Mm -hmm. uh, but once uh, a person accepted, um, they were in the, in the offer letter, it would tell them what area they're going to be assigned to. Um, you know, so I was sent to New Hampshire. Uh, and, you know, and so on and so forth. So you kind of knew where you were going to land. You knew who your, uh, you didn't know them, but you knew who your district manager who runs a group of stores, you're, you're going to be kind of reporting to that person. Um, 
And they were very flexible about start dates, uh, where the interviews took place in April, May, end of April, early May. I mean, people started as late as the next September, October. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I don't know if I started this or if it always happened, we brought uh, the RMTs in about every six weeks to two months to talk about their experience, to learn from them, to do quite a bit of feedback about their impact in that group with the concept being, if you're having that impact in this group, probably it's you're having that same kind of impact in your store, both positive and negative. Yep. Um, and also, some, I do remember talking to them about... Um, yeah, suck it up. There are no spring breaks. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know that. I, I, oh, just pretty, pretty wonderful. I, I think the process that you describe, where we bring them in uh, every couple of months for either a learning immersion or sharing experience, we didn't do that early in the day, and oftentimes there would be a letdown. So after all this, you know, incredible <laughs> attention and support. Um, I'm jettisoned out to New Hampshire where nobody knows me. The DM's happy because for the first six months or nine months, he doesn't have to pay my salary, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but there was a certain element of being jettisoned out into the organization. And isolation. And I, oh my gosh, it was, other than having another. That, I really do have to trim the lettuce. Yeah. I mean. Because we made them go into every department and work. Fish was always fun. Literally. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, that's what happened afterwards. And there were kind of benchmarks, meaning uh, nine months to a year in training, uh, one year to 18 months as an assistant. Uh, and then after that, you were placed as a store manager, uh, probably for a minimum of two years, um, so that that they were very specific about here's what a successful timeline uh, looks like, not that everyone's will be identical. So where it's one thing to say that ultimately this is going to be uh, a feeder system for the future leadership of the company. They set some pretty clear short-term benchmarks uh, that you can say, yeah, I'm, re- I'm actually doing pretty well, or, you know, hey, I, I, there's something going on here. I may have to have a conversation with my boss, you know. And we would bring in once a year. I think I started the small, I think I did. It might've been Diane. And I, so Diane, kudos to you with this program. But we would bring all of the different classes of RMTs together at least once a year for fun. Yeah. And then I think I began to switch that or encourage that it have an element of learning from them, (laughs) you know, and also looking at the progression over the years of what was needed or what was different. Um, so once again, oh, well, I know too, we began to pull the group together. And I, I can't remember whether we did this or I thought it. To begin to give them problems to solve or ideas to create or directions to go yeah. because they were dying to use their brains and they were really cutting. It. And why not, when they're new, get their vantage point? And so we began to pick their brains more rather than they went from training to learning and from telling them to learning from them. Yeah. And that um, 
I think that that was important because that wasn't really the cadence of how things happen uh, when you're in full scale learning mode out in the stores. Two, two, two things impressed me uh, because I was one of the original, I think the program started in 75, 74. Mm-hmm. I was in the class of uh, 76. Mm-hmm. You know, fast forward 20 years and we're doing yeah, and we're doing one of those, uh, you know, all RMT meetings. Yeah. Two things stuck out to me, that the success of the program over time and the, the improvements they made, the, the most recent classes far outstrip the talent of the classes that I came out of. So, uh, you know, there's me bearing my soul. Uh, and then the second, which I thought was really impactful, is we we would always have an RMT as a part of that group who was an officer of the company uh, that literally would share with the group. So it was a way of the younger people, meaning the the recent hires would be able to get a vision of what the future may be where we didn't have that back uh, in the late seventies. Right. And I I do remember facilitating a a discussion where I had four executives in front of, um, it felt like a bigger group, but it might've been RMTs. And I was wanting them to bestow their wisdom. Instead, they got going on weird, funny stories. <laughs> and I couldn't stop them about somebody that brought in a cow to pay his bills, or I don't know, a goat on the roof, or hysterical stories that happen in any food retailing store. And they, the four executives, were having a ball. And I thought, what have I created? These RMTs are going to go running out the door, but it, it, they loved it. Yeah, I, I've worked with a lot of other companies uh, since leaving the company. Yeah. I haven't seen anything like it in yeah. terms of, I mean, if you think about it, any industry could do it. I mean, if a grocer can do it, uh, then anyone can do it. Uh, and I really appreciate any of you that are listening that want to know more because there yeah. is more. Uh, to reach out. I'll I'll leave you with one story that I think really uh, punctuates uh, the the courage that it took for people to join this program. We we had a fellow who we hired him out of grad school. So he he graduated from Dartmouth. He was uh, undergrad uh, either at MIT or Harvard. I don't remember. At any rate, he was in a store and he was stocking uh, paper towels. And a mother came over to him and said, do you mind if I uh, use you to kind of give my son a lesson? And he said, he didn't know what to say. He said, yeah, sure. So the little kid and the mom come over and she points to this, like literally really bright, bright guy and says, now, see, if you don't work really hard in school, you're going to end up like this. (laughs) And and I'll tell you, Dave used to love to share that story because it, it, it kind of shows a little bit in a very obvious way uh, the fact. I'm, I'm appalled. Oh, I'm, I'm appalled. But that's why it was such a great story. It's like, yeah. well, you won't believe what happened to me today. And, oh, yeah, I, I, I come out of retail. I'll believe you. And then I'm like, I don't believe that. You're going you're gonna to. I'm still back to being appalled. Um, <laughs> Just because I, I often think, and I, you know, I wrestled with uh, perks 
when I got a car, I'd never went and picked it out because I said, well, the deli bake clerk should have a car if I have a car. And then the CEO came to me and said, you have five kids in college, go pick out a car. But um, in food retailing, for sure, the stacking of the paper towels matters. Yeah. Every little darn thing matters. That's one thing that's different about the industry. It's so picayune because you have such a small profit margin. That's right. So here's right. to the person that was stacking the to uh, towels. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, more to come on this. And yeah. uh, maybe it'd be good to have one of our former RMTs come back and share their experience. Yeah, or some of the uh, people that ran it. Oh, yeah. Diane or Barbara or Betsy. Yeah. Joyce, I think our work is done here. Done. And someday you too. <laughs> hey, say goodbye, Joyce. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.